Hello, hello, and welcome to week three of the Line of Scrimmage podcast presented by Tomahawk Nation. My name is Tim Allenball, and over the next 15 to 20 minutes, uh, we're going to spend some time with a member of the beat for FSU's next opponent. Currently, Florida State stands 2-0 after a home blowout of Southern Miss. So up next, the Seminoles are going to head up north to take on Boston College Eagles and also potentially a hurricane. So to get to know the Eagles better, uh, we are joined by King of BC Interruption himself, Curtis Flannery. Curtis, how are you doing, buddy? Hi there. Good to be here. Happy to talk about football. Yeah. Uh, first off, congrats. I was reading earlier this year, you were made uh, editor-in-chief over at our sister SB Nation site, BC Interruption. So congrats, man. Very well-deserved. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, it's been, I've been football editor for uh, a little over a year, had been football editor a little over a year, been staff writing for a bit before that. So yeah, finally took the reins as editor and uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I, Boston Boston's website is a little bit different than I think of the Southern websites because you guys that go there and you're talking about like hockey and, and all these other sports that we would never dream of talking at Florida State. So it's a it's definitely an interesting perspective. Uh, if the listeners get a chance to go over there, definitely check out BC Interruption and the great work that uh, that Curtis and everybody's doing. So uh, before we talk football, let's talk weather, Curtis. Uh, I think before we really get into the preview, we need to talk about potentially Hurricane Lee affecting the game on Saturday. Uh, I think the latest forecast has it maybe some wind, maybe some rain, but it looks like the severe stuff's going to potentially avoid chestnut hill but uh what should fans uh be in or be prepared for when it comes to saturday's game yeah like you said i think the most recent forecast has the hurricane veering a bit more into the atlantic now so we will probably still get some rain and stuff but it won't be too bad um we actually just had some rain and thunder and lightning last week in bc's game against holy cross that got uh delayed in the fourth Holy Cross got the ball down three, about two minutes left, and we went into a two-hour rain delay, which uh, sucked. So (laughs) um, hopefully that won't happen against uh, FSU this week. But uh, in terms of expectations, um, I would just say bring a rain jacket. Um, I don't think the weather will be too too bad. Um, And if there is lightning, which isn't expected right now but could happen, uh, you could see a delay. But otherwise, there's plenty of space in the stadium to, you know, find cover. Good stuff. Well, hopefully uh, for everybody's sake, the uh, the hurricane stays out there in the Atlantic and, and leaves everybody alone up there in the Northeast. Well, uh, let's jump over to what to expect from Boston College on the field. Early in the season, Boston College is one and one, uh, a close loss to Northern Illinois in overtime, uh, a close win to Holy Cross. Uh, both matchups, though, Boston College definitely had their struggles. What's gone wrong in year four of Coach Halfley? Yeah, it's been a real struggle to start this season, which was disappointing to see. We were expecting a lot of improvement after uh, the debacle that was last season. Um, The big issue this year, it's no longer the offensive line. It's more about just sort of discipline all around. Um, BC specifically has really been hurt by unnecessary penalties from just roughing the passer to pass interference to unsportsmanlike conduct, like multiple times in the fourth quarter in both of their first two games. They really put themselves put themselves in a tough spot uh, with those penalties. So that's something they really have to get cleaned up. And then just discipline in general on the offensive side. Um, the receivers have been dropping a lot of balls. There's a lot of miscommunication in the offense. Stuff isn't really clicking yet. So 
really just from a coaching and coordination aspect, they've really struggled. But the talent is there, and um, by the end of the season, uh, you could see, you know, some improvement and being more competitive um, in their ACC slate. But as for week three, um, it may be tough to uh, all get on the same page this early. Do you feel talent-wise? I-, I know you lost Zay Flowers and, and, and Jerkovic, but is this a better overall Boston College team talent-wise? Um, I would say it's honestly about the same uh, except they're better on the offensive line, which is huge because last season they had talent on the offensive side of the ball, especially with say flowers, but nothing could operate on offense because of how bad their OL was. And then on defense, they're constantly on the field because the offense can do anything. Right. So it really was a domino effect in that regard. So this season with an improved offensive line, I think the talent is about the same, but they'll be able to showcase it more um, once things get in sync. Yeah, I think I remember last year against Florida State, you guys started a walk-on at offensive line because of the yeah. injuries. It was it was brutal last season. Um, on the offensive side, like I mentioned, Phil Jerkovic is gone. Quarterback Thomas Castellanos is at the helm after one year at UC at, at UFC. Um, UCF. Wow, where am I at? Uh, Castellanos may be a familiar name for Florida State fans as he was somebody that was recruited by Norvell and staff. Uh, many kind of wondered if he'd be an athlete more than he was a quarterback. Uh, but he he's definitely the type of quarterback, uh, as we saw in high school, and as we've already got glimpses of, especially with that crazy fourth down conversion uh, in game one, that he can take over a game with both his arm or his legs. Um, how is the sophomore signal caller handling his starting role so far? Yeah, he's uh, looked pretty good so far. Um, coming into the season, uh, the name starter was actually Emmett Moorhead, who uh, finished the last half of the season for BC last year. Um, but within three drives into the first game, Castellanos came in, and uh, that's just he's taken over the role uh, since then in the past two games. And he's looked pretty good. Um, in the first game, there were some struggles uh, in terms of passing the ball. Um, it may have been due to the fact that he was splitting reps with Moorhead. But he found a lot more of a groove against Holy Cross this past week. Um, that may be because he was playing an FCS defense. That may be because he's found more of a groove. Probably a little bit of both. Um, but on the ground, he's really a dynamic runner. Has made some really good plays with his feet. Run, running all around, um, getting chased, you know, making plays happen. So um, we have high hopes for him. He's looked pretty good. And uh, we're, hopeful, we're hopeful that he'll get better, too. Yeah, I, th- I think he's the type of kid that uh, maybe not year one uh, new system and all that, but I, I think he's a guy that uh, next year, or even if he's there two years, is going to be an exciting playmaker definitely for Boston College. Uh, yeah, absolutely. At, at running back, uh, Pat Garwo is questionable headed into the game. I don't know if you have any updates there, but Kai Robichaud, uh, he ran well against Holy Cross. Uh, Alex Broom supposed to be back. Uh, who do you think is going to be the primary ball carrier on Saturday? Or if it's by committee, uh, you know, what's really the difference or unique skill that each of these guys may have? Yeah, um, well, no update on Garwo. He's still questionable on our end. Um, we'll see if he plays. But um, this backfield really is a big committee of backs. Um, we have three or four very capable backs um, between Garwo, Alex Broom, Kai Robichaud, and then Cam Barfield to a lesser extent. Um, all four of them are real pass-catching backs. Uh, they can move around a lot. Uh, Robichaud transferred in from Western Kentucky, which he was their primary back, and 
He did a lot of work in the passing game. And then Broom and Garwo as well have been a really good one-two tandem uh, for BC in the past. Um, if Garwo doesn't play, I think what they may be lacking is a real goal line threat. Um, because like I said, a lot of them are pass catching, um, but no one is really a ground and pound guy except Garwo, who has shown that in the past. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's stay on the skill side. Uh, Florida State fans no longer have to worry about Zay Flowers after he went to Baltimore uh, in the first round. So uh, through the first two games, like nobody, you know, checking the, the box score, obviously not watching the games from my perspective, but nobody's really kind of stood out. Uh, Lewis Bond's kind of been the most consistent. Uh, if if this isn't a, a crazy wind game, uh, wind aided or wind hindered game, it, do you think there's going to be a certain Eagle receiver that kind of stands out? And in addition, uh, does Boston College have one of those typical Northeast tight ends that terrorize Florida State? Yeah, um, Bond has really stood out so far um, for his connection with Castellanos. We weren't really sure um, if he had chemistry with anyone coming into the season. But, yeah, Bond has been a real uh, – he's a real breakout candidate. We weren't expecting him to have this big of a role coming into the year. Uh, but they do have a lot of different threats that could emerge. Um, Ryan O'Keefe is a name. He's a transfer from UCF, uh, played there for three or four years, and now finishing his career at BC. Um, took Zay Flowers number four, and he has a lot of the same skill set as Zay, uh, really fast, really shifty. Uh, so he would be a threat to watch in the short passing game, as well as um, Joe Griffin Jr. It was a real breakout candidate last year as a freshman. Um, he had more chemistry with Emmett Moorhead, who's no longer at QB, um, but he's a real tall guy, uh, could almost be a tight end given how powerful and tall he is. Uh, he's Yeah, he's a real threat um, between the hash marks. And then in terms of tight ends, we have uh, George Takix in his second year. He's a transfer from Notre Dame. He's been hit or miss. Um, he's good at the route running. Uh, he's a pretty good blocking tight end. But in terms of pass catching, he drops a lot of balls, and he's a little inconsistent on that end. So uh, we haven't really found that Northeast tight end since we had Hunter Long a couple years ago. Um, yeah, a couple of those names sound familiar from last year's game. I, I think – uh, the, the tall guy you mentioned specifically, I think he had a couple of big catches against Florida State uh, later in the game, but I'll have to go back and look at that one. I was trying to find the game log real quick, but um, jumping over the offensive line, we kind of already hinted at it. It's a much improved offensive line led by Christian Mahogany, who is a future professional football player because that guy is just a monster. Uh, and, and I know Boston College fans have to be so excited that he's back healthy. Um it sounds like you feel like this is a much improved offensive line. Are they going to be able to really make a difference in Saturday's game and get the push that maybe Boston College needs? Yeah, they have really been a lot better. Um, you mentioned Mahogany. He's a potential first-round NFL draft pick, and they brought in two transfers, um, Kyle Hergel from Texas State and Logan Taylor from UVA. So. They really revamped the whole line. Um, they're only bringing back two starters from last year, and they were still two pretty good starters. But, yeah, they were starting walk-ons last year. They just had a rotating carousel of injuries and guys out of position. So the improvement has really been there, and honestly, they've been the best part of the offense so far this year because there's been a lot of miscommunication, like I mentioned, with the two QBs in the first game and drop passes and not really clicking on the offensive side. But, the offensive line has really been able to get a push so far. And while Florida State's pass rush is pretty formidable, I'm not sure how they're going to do against them. But 
uh, they will at least put a lot better performance than they did last year. Gotcha. Um, so I, I kind of have one more other offensive thought here. When we At the beginning, we kind of talked about, do you feel this is a, a much improved team? And you feel like it's about the same, but better talent level. It sounds like you think this team's going to take a step forward, but they just haven't got there yet. Um, do you feel like that's just the lack of time spent together, especially with, with Cassianos not really being the starter coming in? Or is there something else besides the drops and penalties that sticks out in your mind? Um, it's really coming down to coaching, I think. Uh, just the offensive, like between the drops and penalties, but also the offensive game plan has been really inconsistent. They came into the year with two QBs, not really knowing who they wanted to start. That Castellanos wasn't supposed to be QB1. It was supposed to be Moorhead, and they're still figuring out a lot of that stuff. And coaching has just been really inconsistent. But I do believe that the talent is there. Um, They underperformed last year because of the offensive line. Uh, The team was was a six- or seven-win team uh, just two years ago, and a lot of these players are the same. And even though they lost, say, Flowers, um, the defense has gotten better, and the offensive pieces around Zay and just in general have gotten better as well. So I do think on paper this team should be a lot better and take a step forward, but it does come down to coaching and how fast they can coach them back to that level. Gotcha. Let's jump over to the defense. You talked about them looking better. Uh, Boston College decided to go with co-defensive coordinators this season, uh, Azar Abdul-Rahim and and Sean Duggins there. Um, What strengths overall, you talked about an improvement there, has this defense shown in the first two games? Uh, so far, their biggest strength has been the pass defense. Um, Jeff Halfley is a secondary uh, sort of mastermind or specialist, if you will. Um, he really takes a lot of focus on the defensive backfield, and their pass defense, even though they've had a lot of turnover, has been pretty good so far. Neither of their opponents have gotten past 200 passing yards in either game, um, and they've brought they brought in a few transfers. Um, they only three of their starters from last year either transferred or went to the NFL. Uh, Jaden Woodby, former uh, Seminole, uh, signed with the Rams, I believe, and the other two transferred. So they're bringing in a lot of new faces in the defensive backfield, but um, they've really transitioned into their, into those roles really well, and um, it's been operating pretty well so far. Uh, the defensive star for Boston College is defensive end Donovan Izaraku. Uh, he's a stud out there for the Eagles. I, I think Florida State saw uh, flashes of that last year. What really sets him apart from some of the other defensive ends in the ACC? And what about his play uh, allows the other the other guys on that defensive line to get an upper hand against the opponent? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the big thing that sets Donovan apart is his speed and his size combo. Um, he's a really big guy, and he does play defensive end, but he's a run stuffer as much as he gets after the quarterback. He's really good at both aspects of the game, and that's what's really made him a versatile player and a real asset to our defensive line. And because he's able to do that, um, opposing offenses will often run the other way from him, and that allows you know guys like Sheeta Salah, um, and we just brought in the transfer uh, George Rooks from Michigan, who are both really good players and are able to you know get those one-on-one matchups with offensive linemen and can really showcase their talents. So. By having that combo of run stuffing and uh, pass uh, pressure, he's really allowing the other members of the DL to shine. 
Yeah, it, it definitely feels like, especially, you know, in the time we saw him against Florida State, he, he puts a couple highlights uh, on, the, on the film in every game, even against some of the tougher opponents. So he's definitely an exciting guy to watch on Boston College's defense. Uh, going to the linebackers, uh, the greatest name out there currently in the ACC, I think, Vinny De Palma, leads the team in tackles and just fits the mold of the, exactly what you expect from that Boston College linebacker all the way down to it. Like I said, it's just an outstanding name. Uh, we know that he can really bring the hit stick, uh, but where does he and this linebacking crew excel? And on Saturday, do they have the potential to really slow down this Jordan Travis-led offense? Yeah, Vinny DePalma has been on the team for a while. Uh, I think this is his sixth year uh, linebacking for BC, so uh, we're really familiar with him. Um, and the thing is, he's not really a game-breaking athlete or anything, but he's he's good at just, you know, making good tackles and stopping players um, in that aspect of the game. So in pass coverage, he could be exploited by a fast tight end or receiver, depending on the offensive scheme and if you're trying to attack him in that way. Um, and the linebacking core around him is also pretty weak. I'd say it's probably the weakest part of BC's defense. So um, they really struggle if a quarterback escapes the pocket like Jordan Travis often does. Uh, they struggle tracking him down and getting him down. And if you're running to the outside, running a hook and ladder or, you know, a sweep, anything like that, uh, the linebacking core is a little slow and may struggle with that aspect. But if you're running between the tackle boxes, uh, they are pretty good at bringing running backs down. Yeah. I, that, that kind of lines up with what we've seen from Vinny in the past. Uh, Definitely somebody you don't want to run up in the middle against, uh, but I think got exploded a little bit last year around the edge for sure. Um, opposing, opposing quarterbacks really haven't done anything amazing, I feel like, in these first two games passing-wise. Like you said, they've been kept under 200 yards uh, passing per game, uh, but no no interceptions yet. But I think last year when we talked, you mentioned the the secondary was the most consistent unit on the team. Uh, do you still feel that way with the new pieces? Is this most the most consistent unit and where the Boston College defense really makes a difference? Yeah, I think they're a really consistent unit. Uh, like I mentioned, they're um, Halfley is a defensive uh, special defensive secondary specialist. Um, and he really knows where to slot in guys and how to coach them up um, between veterans and you know young guys. They have they have a lot of options there in the defensive backfield too. They brought in uh, well, Elijah Jones is the major guy returning um, for the backfield. Uh, he's been here a few years at quarterback. But other than that, it's a lot of new faces. Um, they have like Sion Hala, uh, Jalen Cheek uh, in the backfield who are young guys who are pretty good prospects, but still learning the system, still getting that in-game experience. And then they brought in a few transfers from uh, Arkansas, from Harvard, from LIU, who are more of those veteran presences. Um, they're not as talented, but they provide that leadership and defensive know-how to do the right coverages and making sure, you know, ev everyone has their man. So Halfley really knows what he's doing when he's putting different guys in different spots and uh, getting the best out of each individual player. So I think that's why they're so consistent generally. I really feel like this is probably an unfortunate scheduling for, for Boston College. If this was a game at the end of October, uh, you know, or, or mid-October or something like this, like Boston College is, is probably more prepared, uh, more experienced, for lack of better words, and that team has gelled more. Um, you know, I, I think Florida State's probably better athletically on paper, but 
but I, I do think if this was a different schedule, we could be talking about a different game, a, a more uh, a, a smaller line, you know, something with definitely a lot more potential, especially if it was a colder night in Boston College with a red bandana game. Uh, you know, we've seen that magic before. But uh, on Saturday, as it is, how do you see this game shaking out? Yeah, absolutely. It is unfortunate. BC honestly just isn't ready to play such a tough opponent. Um, and I don't expect them to be ready. Uh, they may show some flashes of improvement on offense, you know, fewer drop passes, fewer penalties. But in general, I don't really expect them to put, put up much of a fight, unfortunately. Um, it is the Red Bandana game. We do have good memories against FSU on the Red Bandana game. I think uh, a few years ago, uh, while I was at BC, I think Jimbo Fisher's last season as coach, uh, BC blew FSU out on the Red Bandana game. So that was a fun fun experience, but I think uh, the Seminoles may get payback in this one. I'm pretty much uh, expecting a blowout. Uh, I think the line of 28 I think it's 28 and a half points is the line. I think that's fair. It may even be a bit low because this team just really isn't ready for uh, a big time opponent yet. Well, Curtis, I really appreciate it. Congrats again. Thanks so much for being on here. Before we go, let's, uh, let's do our, our choose your own adventure questions here at the end. Uh, I'm a Red Sox fan. You're a Red Sox fan. So would you like a, a Boston Red Sox question? Would you like a uh, Star Wars question? Or would you like uh, just standard TV streaming? Uh, let's go Red Sox. Let's keep it in theme. Let's go Red Sox. Uh, it's been a rough year for Red Sox fans. Uh, and, and so I know a lot of people are like, oh, Red Sox. But uh, live and die with, with them. And, and it's been a struggle again. My question to you, would you trade Alex Verdugo this offseason? Um, you know, we have... We have some outfield. He is expendable. As far as position groups go, I think outfielders are expendable on the Red Sox roster. Right. But um, I do like Verdugo. He's been good for us in spots. And I think we just need, you know, solid hitting guys that you can count and count on game in, game out. Because you have to – this roster, you just need to add a few, like, big star – I think a few just, like, bi a big piece or two. And suddenly this roster is in contention. So, and Verdugo is one of those like middle of the lineup guys that you can trust. Um, so unless you're getting a return, like putting him in a package to get, you know, Shohei or I think Mike Trout, I think yeah. he just said something about Mike Trout being available. Unless you're putting him in a package for one of those guys, I think Verdugo is a little too valuable to like the middle of the lineup uh, to put him in a trade package. He's definitely been an asset in right field as well with, uh, with his arm, especially. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'd include him in that Mike Trout package. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Mike Trout. You gotta. <laughs> <laughs> His injuries aside, we'll take him. We'll take him. Well, Curtis, thanks so much, man. Um, hope to uh, hope hope to hear from you soon. Uh, let me encourage everybody to go over to BC Interruption. Check out what what Curtis and his crew is doing over there. They do great work. Uh, one of the many great ACC sites on SB Nation. Uh, Curtis, thanks so much again for jumping on with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I had a blast. Yeah, real quick, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Well, you can find me at bcinterruption.com. I'm also on Twitter at Curtis Flannery. Um, and find us on Instagram as well at BC Interruption. Uh, we're starting to uh, really revamp that profile as well and put out some content there. So um, if you're interested in taking a look, uh, I'd really appreciate it. Definitely. I know I'll be adding you guys. Well, uh, for on, or I'm sorry, for the Line of Scrimmage podcast, I'm Tim Allenball. 
Uh, we are presented by Tom Huck Nation. We'll be back next week uh, with the Clemson matchup, but we hope to hear from you all this weekend as Florida State takes on Boston College. And so until next time, let's 